Okay, good morning, everyone. I want to thank our uh, sponsors for the series for the year. Lana Chani Grunstein, in memory of Chani's father, Mr. Aaron Tambor, Aaron Ben Yitzchak. We are in the Mesil Sasharim, the ninth chapter, describing Zerizas, a life of alacrity and enthusiasm. Oh, how we can set goals and pursue them and achieve them and accomplish them. That we have a picture in our mind's eye of what the best version of ourselves look like. How I jump out of bed in the morning. What is my morning routine? What is my night routine? What is my relationship with the people around me? My spouse, my children. What's my relationship, of course, with Hashem? What's my relationship with my health and wellness? What's my relationship with my work and my profession? It has to begin with a picture, with an image of what the best version of me. I can't possibly pursue becoming it if I've never dreamt or imagined what it would look like. So Zrizus, if I want to dedicate myself and devote myself with alacrity and zeal to achieve certain goals, and the goals can be habit goals, or the goals can be outcome goals. An outcome goal is I want to run a marathon, I want to finish Shas, I want to earn a certain amount of money, or I want to cut a certain amount of debt from my personal life. That's an outcome goal. So how do I develop a plan, resolutions, how to achieve it? How do I pursue it? How do I measure how well I'm doing? A habit goal is, I want to wake up this time every morning. I want to exercise this many times a week. I want to be more careful being patient or not being envious. How do I set resolutions to achieve that change of my habit? How do I measure it? How do I make it a reality? So one of the biggest obstacles the Mesil Hashem that Amchal has been telling us to achieving those dreams, those goals, one of the biggest obstacles, a big impediment or wall in our way to realize the best version of ourselves is a failure to believe we can do it. And that failure to believe we can do it becomes undermined from many things. Some people feel unworthy or incapable. Some people feel that they don't have what it takes, the capacity, or they're inconsequential, they can't make a difference. Some people feel it won't last, so why bother? But many feel, many are gripped with a sense of fear. And that's what the Ramchal writes. There are two types of fear. There's a healthy fear. A healthy fear creates boundaries. Don't do foolish, stupid things. Don't take unnecessary risks. Because if you take an unnecessary risk and you flop and you fail and you fall, it's on you. Why did you take that unnecessary risk? So a fear that creates healthy boundaries, that protects us from doing dangerous things or making poor and dangerous decisions is not bitachon. If I jump out of a plane without a parachute and I say, Hashem, I trust in you. I put my faith in you. Hashem looks at you and says, you fool. You fool. On the other hand, God wants us to protect ourselves. If you walk in a bad neighborhood in the middle of the night and you have a dollar bill, you have $100 bills sticking out of all of your pockets, then you're not somebody with tremendous bitachon. You're not an admirable person filled with faith. You're nothing but a fool. You're nothing but a fool. Hashem wants us to make wise decisions and to protect ourselves. So you are accountable. You are responsible. You invested your money so foolishly. You believed in a long shot. You went to the... Uh, you went to the track and you took your life savings and you put it on a certain horse for no reason because you said, I'm a Baal Bitachon. I really need to, I can't pay my mortgage. I can't put food on the table. So let me take the little I have and I'll put all my Bitachon in Hashem by choosing, I'll buy a million lottery tickets. I'll bet on this horse. Or the, you're not a white, you're not a Baal Bitachon. You're not a person of faith. You're nothing more than a fool and you are accountable. 
It is an egregious error, not only of judgment, but of character, to not live with the healthy boundary of fear that we're supposed to have. I recently was flying back from Israel and there was a documentary that told the story of the people counting Everest. You know, watch this movie, Everest. It bothered me to my core because it was based on a real story and at the end actually it showed the real characters. And you, know, you thought it was going to be like a feel-good thing where they're climbing and they plateau and they, the oxygen and the whole extreme mountain climbers. And you thought, even though they run into these conflicts and they're hit by a storm and they're abandoned overnight, of course it's going to have a good ending, right? Wrong. Half the climbers died on the mountain. And the movie is showing the widow and her, her unborn child that this man who died would never meet. Everest apparently is defrosting these days and they're finding all these corpses all over the mountain itself. Because if you die in Everest, you don't get a funeral. You die where you were last on Everest. Why am I sharing that with you? Because what bothered me to my core about this is, God forbid you die from illness, you die from a terror event, you die from a natural disaster, you die, God forbid, from an unexpected car crash. But what, if you know that there's a high risk that if you try to climb Everest, you'll leave your wife a widow, you'll leave your children orphans, what right do you have to try? So you'll say, well, right, what right do you have to get in a car and drive on I-95? The answer is I need to get from point A to point B, and the level of risk is low, and the outcome, what reason I need to go, is high, so the risk is worth it. But the risk of risking your life to say you climbed Everest, I mean, it's a nice achievement. I will never be able to say it. It's a nice achievement. So that's the kind of thing that Kodesh Baruch Hu says, that's bad judgment. So rational fear, real fear, boundary-setting fear is good. It's healthy. If you say, well, a lot of people die in Everest, and I'm really scared to, and even the guy who lived in the movie had such frostbite, he lost both of his hands and his nose. And then they showed the real guy at the end. Was that worth it? Leading the rest of your life with no hands and no nose, was that worth it? Because you had some endorphin release of being a mountain climber? Kirsch Baruch Hu says, you're a fool. What an egregious violation of your intellect. Where's your rational fear to set boundaries? But the inverse, the opposite, is a danger as well, which is a person who's so gripped and overwhelmed, so neurotic with fear, they never try or do anything. A person who never leaves their home. This is a form of mental illness, that people who have such irrational fear that they're unable to interact with the world and they have no dreams and aspirations, and they can never try, and they can never go, and they can never do. In irrational fear, one is also accountable and responsible. The irrational fear that doesn't set a healthy boundary, but it sets a boundary which incapacitates, which imprisons, a boundary which is a block from us living the lives that we're meant to live. So the Ramchal says, how do you know? If you have a fear, so you say, you know, I want to kill it in business. I want to kill it in Ruchnius. And then that fear kicks in. But what if I fail? What if I fall on my face? What if I lose all my money from that investment? What if I lose all my credibility because I said I was going to start the DAF with the new cycle in January? But who am I kidding? I'm not a DAF. I'm not going to do it every day. I'll never make it seven and a half years. We have that fear. I'm unworthy. I'm incapable. I'll be ashamed. I'll be embarrassed. I'll be humiliated. What if I fail? How do you know if the fear that you've encountered how do you know if the fear that you're confronting is the healthy boundary-setting fear or is the debilitating set of fear? Says the Ramchal, The Gemara Pesachim, Shiny. 
it's like so many other things. I think I quoted recently, we just had Rav Shechter this past Shabbos. He didn't say it on this visit. But in Shir, he often emphasized, be normal. It's the 614th mitzvah. Just be normal. Just be normal. Don't be extreme this way. Don't be extreme that way. Hashem just wants you to be normal. So Shechia You have to examine and you have to look at the statistics and you have to evaluate the situation. Is this a rational fear or an irrational fear? Is this a fear that's helping preserve my health? Is this a fear that's holding me back from who I can become? In a place where the fear is rational, then you should protect yourself. Be careful. But if it's not a rational fear, your fear of taking on the daf, your fear of volunteering for chesed, your fear of working on your midos or character, your fear of becoming a better spouse or parent, if what's holding us back from the best version of ourselves is an irrational fear, then you have to eliminate it, purge it, overcome it, conquer it. You have to control those thoughts, not let them control you. They can knock, but you determine whether you let them in. So all we have is what we can see. So we evaluate based on what we know and based on how we live each situation to make the best decision that we can to know where is this fear coming from? Is it a fear which is protecting me or is this the voice of self-sabotage? We all know others and if we're honest, we actually can identify it within ourselves that sometimes we have such a fear of success. What will that mean for me if I become a daf yomi yid? What does it mean if I go to shul every day and come early? What would my life look like if I become that patient spouse or parent? What if I woke up early every morning and got so much done? We have such a fear of what it will mean for us that we sabotage our own success unconsciously. We sabotage our own success just when we could see it off in the distance. We have to overcome that so we can run through these barriers and become Mir Tashem, the very best versions of ourselves.